Welcome to this Touch podcast activity, which has been recorded for Touch Neurology. This podcast aims to provide patient perspectives on the burden of living with migraine and expert insights on the latest real-world data for anti-CGRP antibodies in migraine prevention. This activity is funded by an independent medical education grant from Eli Lilly and Company Limited. This activity is provided by Touch IME. In this podcast, we will discuss the impact of migraine on day-to-day functioning and quality of life for patients, the importance of the clinician-patient relationship, the real-world impact of anti-CGRP antibodies on migraine prevention, and what available real-world data indicate with regards to treatment optimization with anti-CGRP antibodies. Hello, this is Elena Ruiz de la Torre. I'm a patient myself and I am currently Executive Director of the European Migraine and Headache Alliance. Can you outline some of the challenges people living with migraine face in daily life? Well, daily life with migraine, it's a nightmare. I have to say I am a patient. I've been a very severe patient. First thing I have to say is that migraine, same that any other disease in the world, has a very wide range of severities. You can be very mild, you can be moderate, or you can be very severe. If you're in the range of the very severe ones, uh, your life is going to be a, mo- a, a nightmare, and your life is going to be completely conditioned by migraine. Migraine, it's a very personal and difficult di- disease. It's a, There is a lot of lack of knowledge outside. People doesn't know, doesn't understand. Everybody thinks they know what it is, but nobody really knows what it is, except your real uh, family or relatives that are uh, around you that know how you have to hide yourself in a dark room, vomiting with those attacks that you cannot even move, speak, or or do anything. We are we have a lot of difficulties when we speak about our relationships, social relationships. We don't we have a, we cannot drink, we cannot. Uh, eat many, many things, everything, the, when the weather changes, we have a migraine attack. There are so many triggers that we cannot understand and anybody else can understand that um, lets us to go to or, or trigger us migraine attack that is very difficult to understand and it's unpredictable. We never know when it's going to happen and it's not once in our life. It's going to happen many times in our life, twice per week, three, three times per week, it depends. It also changes during your lifetime. So during when you are in your twenties, you can you can be episodic. When you are in for, in your forties, you can be chronified. And then, if you are lucky, you can go back to episodic, or you can get better. But it's a very very difficult disease to um, to live with, uh, and it's even more difficult to be understood by the general public, by policymakers by your your family, your relationship, your, everything around. And that's the most difficult thing. And you feel very, very lonely. But we really need, need the, the support and help of healthcare people, of, uh, of um, our doctors, our treatment. We really need a good diagnosis and a good follow-up. What about the longer term? Does migraine get worse over time? In some cases, yes. In many cases, it stays. As I said before, migraine is not the same during all our life. 
it can uh, fluctuate and be chronic during some years, then become episodic afterwards, then become uh, become chronic again. We cannot go through a migraine attack without taking a treatment or a tablet or something to fight the, that huge, huge explosive brain, uh, pain in our brain. So we need a, a treatment. And if you, you have many uh, attacks, many uh, migraine attacks during a period of time, you need to take a lot of medication. Sometimes you, and you, you need to take many days, many, many medications. And sometimes that leads you to a chronification. It, but it's, that's not our fault at all. It, we cannot go through the migraine attack without a, medi a medication. And if we, if we are very, very severe and we have migraine attacks very often, we need them. Uh, some of uh, the risks for a migraine pro uh, progression is to be a, a, a female. Some they say that they, uh, it's said that they have a low educational status. And that means that what you need is information. The more information education you have, the better you will treat your your self treat your migraine and stressful life events and this is something that I think it's for migraine and it is also for all the rest of the diseases but in migraine it's very characteristic if we are very stressed we are going to have more attacks then it makes some comorbidities with obesity or depression or anxiety I always say that uh, we are when you are very severe and you have many migraines, at the end you get a depression because you don't know what how to fight that pain, constant pain. You are you do whatever the doctor says to you. You take all the treatments they tell you. You are uh, you do your best. You don't drink. You don't go out. You don't do anything, and but you still have those migraine attacks. And then you get frustrated, depressed, or you get anxiety because you need to leave. You need to go out to work and and to look after your family and your things and it's not possible and it's a, we are completely disabled during those periods of time and we need help we need support and then um one very important thing is that we need an effective and a treatment and a, a very good expert on how to treat migraine otherwise if we go from one doctor to another or one treatment to another we can get uh, even worse or from more and more treatments we can it gets even worse. How important is timely and accurate diagnosis as the first step toward effective treatment and what factors can support this? It is extremely important to find a good doctor, a good expert on migraine. It, change, it changes everything when you go to a doctor that understands and listens to you when you say that you have migraine. And when you go to a doctor that says, Oh, you, you just have migraine. Uh, that's not relevant. You need to learn how to live with it. You need to cope with migraine. That uh, That's for all your life. That's going to happen all your life. So learn how to live with it. Uh, that's not a, a, a big problem. Those doctors that tell you that, they they put you in a, in a situation in which you can, that they don't give you any tool or skill to prevent or to fight against migraine, but migraine well treated and and with a lot with quite a good information can be can be uh, improved, can be not be as severe as it could be if, if, without the treatment, and 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 can leave you live 
I'll like the better life than if you don't have any comprehension or any information. So you a, a good diagnosis it's extremely important at the beginning. A good understanding from your doctor is extremely important. And a doctor with a, a, enough knowledge and a updated information on the the current treatments is very important. Doctors need to be updated on migraine. And doctors need to know and understand that a life with a very severe migraine is not going to be a life for that person. A life is, the migraine is going to, uh, to, to take the, all the activities and to condition all the activities and life of that person if she is not well treated. So we really need to, to identify the trigger factors. We need to speak about other treatments outside the, 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 the pharmaceutical treatments, a type of life, a healthy type of life, all those things that could uh, be a trigger for that migraine and prevent them. The, the key of uh, migraine is prevention. From patients' perspectives, what impact do you think anti-CGRP antibodies have had in terms of providing options for preventative treatment of migraine? We have a new window of hope since CGRP therapies are in the market. There was nothing in the last uh, 30 years, only the dose treatment we know for a long time ago and that nowadays we also know that could uh, chronify you if you take too many of them, so on, so on. And uh, nevertheless, the treatments uh, are uh, for acute treatment, and we are talking now about preventive. CGRP has given us the possibility to live again in a normal life. I'm going to read those percentages, but 62% of the patients know about uh, know that they exist. Um, it's very difficult to access to get access to those treatments, and 20, even 26% of the severe ones have not been mentioned by doctors that um, that, they, that those treatments exist. And 25% have not, is, are not covered by healthcare systems still. And in some countries, they don't use it yet. It, it's, it's crazy that in, on, in this 21st century, we are still struggling to get a treatment that has been researched and invested and, and there has been so much investment, especially for migraine. And two years after or three years after the treatment is on the market, we are still fighting to get to get it to ourselves. Thanks to this CDRP, myself, for instance, I am able to do the work I do, of traveling all across Europe, speaking in front of the computer or in front of the of of, uh, of people or going up and down. Otherwise, I want. Uh, be able to do this. I would have to stay, stay quiet, and stay prevent, try to prevent all those triggers that I, I as I did before, before the CGRP uh, appeared. But the majority of the answers to a, a question that to a survey that we did on at EMHA called Access to Care together with KPMG is the the high majority have had any improvement in their life, and they could live thanks to it. And this is a, the, the best treatment we have at this moment. And this is the best way to allow people to live a normal, between semicolons, life. That, this is not the cure. That's important. The expectations, 
need to be that this is not need, they, people need to know that this is not a cure. This is just a preventive treatment that can improve you a lot and give you a, a, a little bit more of days without migraine or with migra- migraine attacks less strong and less aggressive. Thank you for those interesting insights, Ms. Ruiz de la Torre. Now let's move on to our next interview with Professor Shibata, where we discuss insights from real-world data regarding treatment optimization with anti-CGRP antibodies. Hello everyone, my name is Mamoru Shibata. I am a neurologist and headache specialist from Japan. Uh, today, I am very delighted to have an opportunity to talk about anti-CGRP antibodies for migraine prevention with an emphasis on insights from real-world evidence. What is the value of real-world evidence in supporting clinical decision-making for preventive migraine treatment with anti-CGRP antibodies? So, in Japan, galconezumab, fremenezumab and erenumab are available. Uh, We use preventive therapy when acute therapy for migraine cannot adequately treat the disability experienced in daily life. We have been using the centrally acting calcium broker, bromelizine, the beta broker, propranolol, and anti-epileptic drugs such as barforate and topiramate. According to the Japanese Headache Society guidance, we should consider initiating CGRP-targeted monoclonal antibody therapy when existing prophylactic drugs provide insufficient efficacy or side effects occur. Moreover, treated patients should have four or more uh, monthly migraine dates for at least three consecutive months at the baseline. By using anti-CGRP antibodies in real-world setting, we can gain insights for clinical decision-making with respect to effects of discontinuation, optimal treatment strategies, safety and efficacy in heterogeneous populations, and long-term efficacy. Moreover, data analysis may enable us to clarify potential predictors of response or non-response to treatment, which may provide a clue to the optimal use of anti-CGRP antibodies. Does real-world evidence support the clinical trial data for anti-CGRP antibodies? In clinical practice, anti-CGRP antibodies are used in patients with failure with pre-existing preventive treatment. Randomized controlled trials demonstrated that the anti-CGRP antibodies were efficacious and safe in such cases with at least 30% of patients having at least 50% reduction in monthly migraine days and injection site reactions uh, being the most frequent adverse events. Real-world data generally support the efficacy and safety of anti-CGRP antibodies observed in the RCTs. Have there been any interesting real-world evidence outcomes in specific populations of patients using anti-CGRP antibodies? Real-world data also provide information on the efficacy and safety of anti-CGRP antibodies in specific patient populations. It can be pointed out that Asian people were underrepresented in the RCTs of anti-CGRP monoclonal antibodies. We have conducted a prospective real-world study 
to evaluate experience with anti-CGRP antibodies in Japanese patients who had failed on at least one previous preventive drug. The antibodies reduced monthly migraine deaths. In addition, we observed a concomitant reduction in hit 6 score. Although we encountered some treatment emergent adverse events, they were very mild in severity. We also found significant correlations between monthly migraine days and hit 6 at visit 2 and visit 3, uh, which indicate that the anti-CGRP antibody therapy brought about not only a reduction in monthly migraine days, but also the alleviation of negative impact of headache on daily life. What do available real-world data indicate with regards to treatment optimization with anti-CGRP antibodies? If we cannot obtain a satisfactory effect with one anti-CGRP antibody, uh, we switch to another. In two representative real-world studies looking at the effects of switching, Sustained reductions in monthly migraine day, uh, monthly headache days were observed at month three of treatment with the second monoclonal antibody. Approximately 45% of patients achieved at least a 30% uh, response rate. Hence, for patients who did not respond to an anti-CGLP antibody treatment, switching to another anti-CGRP antibody agent is likely to provide clinical benefit. How about the long-term efficacy of anti-CGRP antibodies? A longitudinal EMRO study showed that the proportion of responders does not change over three years, although the number of patients who adhered to the treatment gradually dropped. Anti-CGRP antibodies were associated with sustained efficacy over extended periods of treatment, with only a minority losing benefit over time. Real-world data have also shown that the response to treatment with anti-CGRP antibodies varies, with some patients being highly responsive, the so-called super-responders, who showed a 75% or more reduction in monthly migraine days, while at the other end, uh, there are non-responders uh, who show only a moderate reduction in monthly migraine days. The identification of predictive factors with respect to efficacy leads to efficient use of anti-CGRP monoclonal antibodies. In this study, Vomiting and acute response to treatments are predictive of good response, while chronic migraine, history of uh, mono, uh, medication overuse headache, and concomitant depression are associated with poor response. Taken together, real-world data provide important insights as to how we should use anti-CGRP antibodies effectively. Thank you very much for your attention. Thank you, Professor Shibata, for sharing those valuable insights with us. Thank you for listening to this Touch podcast.
You can access more content on this and related topics on Touch Neurology at www.touchneurology.com.